0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcaster, Hyundai i10 Launch Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan.
1: Hello, I'm Andrew. Where did you launch it from to... um... I
0: didn't launch it (laughs) off anything. The only launching that happened was when I was scared I was going to get it stuck in a patch of sand. And I didn't want to be the guy that phoned up the PR and went, "Uh, Robin, you you know how I just popped out with this one litre? Could... Could some people come along and help me get it off where I've got it stuck, please? But the pictures are really nice. one of those ones, right? I will do this here. I'm under three miles from the hotel. There's...
1: Nothing can go wrong.
0: I won't guess. I, I won't. I, don't be that guy, Alan. Don't be that guy. Anyway, that's jumping well ahead. That's not. It wasn't in my notes. But, yes, I spent uh, two days in Portugal trying to go big in the all-new Hyundai i10. So, this is the third generation of Hyundai's i10, and it is the great-grandchild of the Atos. Oh,
1: now we're going back in time.
0: Other than that link, well, I was stuck behind one in traffic in it at one point, and other than that link, uh, I can assure you that it bears no resemblance whatsoever to an Atos. Um <laughs> that said it is still a five door a segment hatchback but it is on a completely and utterly new platform and not just from the Atos but also from the previous second generation mm-hmm. i10 it's available in the uk it's well it is available yes i was going to say it's going to be but it's not it already is available in the uk in three different trim levels there's se se connect and premium there are two engine sizes Available, A 1.0-litre triple and a 1.24-cylinder. Mm-hmm. And both of those engine combos are available with a 5-speed manual or a 5-speed automated manual transmission. Okay. And it is essentially the same gearbox with automation. Right. The SE is only available in... Oh, okay, it gets complicated. SE is only available <laughs> in 1.0-litre manual. Everything else, or uh, the other two, can be had in all four engine transmission combinations okie dok. less price for the one litre se as i say it starts from 12,495 pounds take a deep breath and will rise all the way to 17,345 pounds for a fully loaded two litre automated manual premium with metallic and a two-tone roof 1.2 litre did i miss what did i say you said two litre <laughs> Oh, I meant 1.2 liter. Yes, it's wishful would, thinking, yeah. Alan. Small, <laughs> small, massively engine vehicle. Who, who puts who puts <laughs> large <laughs> engines in small hatchbacks? Yes, um, yeah, 1.2 liter engine. I'm afraid everyone. Uh, and you're, we'll we'll talk about the, the we'll talk about how, how um, yes performance and stuff a, a little bit later. If you take a PCP via Hyundai, it the 1.2 liter SE Connect, which is probably the best combo in dragon red and manual over 37 months at 10,000 a year and two and a half thousand pounds down you automatically receive or i automatically received uh, one thousand pounds of deposit contribution and that came to 190 pounds 21 pence per month at 4.9 percent apr it doesn't sound too bad at all not bad at all well that's the thing the base price has risen quite considerably as it's like £1,600, I think it is, for the SE, and there's a bit of a suck through the teeth. But in actual fact, the residuals are going to be so much higher uh, than before.
1: There there has been significant moves on finishes hasn't there and equipment and stuff like that that you're going to tell us about so there is there is a reason why this has gone up it's not just a case of oh yeah yeah
0: you you can say on some of the other a segment cars when you look at the most basic one that's that's offered generally sub ten thousand pounds it is monastic Hmm. in the level of equipment and it really only exists for either fleet buyers buying in massive quantities as the cheapest way of getting around Mm. that they can get their their mucky mitts on, or to have a very low headline price to get people through the door to then buy the higher spec. Yeah. Uh, That's not quite the case with the SE. Okay. Not quite. Anyway, before we go any further, I had... Uh, chat with Adrien perry who is the i10 product manager from hyundai europe so let's go over to that we did record this in the hotel lobby it was an awful lot of open space and a reception desk in the background so my apologies if there's a bit of background noise in this but yeah let's let's go listen to Adrien, and he will introduce the car in a little bit more detail i'm at the i10 launch uh, in portugal and i'm with adrian pere who is the i10 product manager at hyundai motor europe adrian thank you so much for giving up some time good morning sure you're welcome uh, to to join me so just quickly what i wanted to do is get a a bit of an overview of the new Mm i10 for for our listeners it's a completely new car right all new generation completely new from, from, from the ground up. So what are the, the sort of main features and differences
2: that you see between this car and the previous generation, I-10? So basically, our engineers and designers um, uh, worked out the new generation, I-10, with uh, four main pillars of um, improvements, uh, the design, the convenience, the connectivity, and the safety. And already the design, when you look at the car, you immediately see that um, the stance is bolder than in the previous generation. This is thanks um, to the lower um, uh, roof by two centimeter and the wider body by two centimeter as well. So the car sits better on the road, has a more dynamic stance. Also in terms of uh, shape, mm-hmm. um, our designers have combined. Um, soft surfaces with sharp lines, meaning that the car is at the same time welcoming, uh, a bit round, but also very dynamic thanks to the design.
0: It's quite rounded, but there's certain parts on it where there's. A, I mean, we're not talking German company sharp crease, but there are sort of creases in there to to actually give it a bit more emphasis and stop it being as
2: bubbly as absolutely. it might be yeah, absolutely so you can notice for instance the dynamic lines on the bonnet or the embracing gesture of um, the side windows that meet in an x-shape uh, on the c-pillar with the item nameplate. yes one of my favorite bits
0: is uh, the, the two streaks across the roof that make it sort of double bubble like a Zagato. absolutely almost it's 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 quite cool it's, It's one of those things that once you've noticed it, then you can't sort of unnotice it again.
2: Absolutely, yes. This car is really uh, full of very nice design details. Like also, for instance, uh, the hexagon pattern that you can find on the DRLs, um, on the application of the c inside the lamps, but also in the interior, on the dashboard and on Mm -hmm. the door panels, in the console console, for instance.
0: Yeah, it's really... It's a theme that, run, that runs right through. Right. You're saying one of the
2: other pillars uh, is the co- is the connectivity. Right. Yes, with the with all-new generation item, we are introducing um, actually the biggest uh, center touchscreen in the A segment with a the diagonal of 8 inches. And um, uh, within this center screen, we have, we have many, many features. So obviously, uh, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, so full smartphone connectivity. But also, in combination with our navigation system, um, the so-called Blue Link Telematics. So it's a great telematic system uh, offered by, by Hyundai in uh, our our new generation cars, that um, allows the driver to have communication between the car and their smartphones to check, for instance, if the car is properly locked or where it is um, situated. And within the car, we also have um, an enhancement of the life services. Uh, with the new I10, we can, for in- the driver can, for instance, look for um, available parking space around or um, the, the fuel stations uh, around where is, including the, the fuel prices. And you were saying to me
0: yesterday that you can also check if the car is locked or not, and, yes, and, and that kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. And I keep having to pinch myself and think this is an A segment car. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know our um, uh, our direction with with the item is go big. That's um, uh, the claim we use for for this car. And really, if you like, if, if you look at the the details of the car, you can see that with the item we went big. Going on with the, with the connectivity, we are also um, offering um, a wireless charging pad uh, in the in the center console, so that uh, our customers don't have to carry their cable with them. Um, and also, one, one new feature, which is very appreciated in the A segment, is that uh, we can um, have a rear view camera with um, the, the video projected on the on the eight-inch center screen, which is very appreciated in the city. Yeah,
0: if you're lazy like me, that's brilliant. <laughs> so. The next, I mean, you you gave the four pillars. The next one's convenience, which fits in with with the reversing camera quite nicely.
2: Absolutely. So, so um, actually, traditionally, our um, Hyundai i10, as you say, said, it's, it's the third generation. Uh, it's actually a very convenient um, A-segment car. And with the whole new generation, we even improved um, the convenience. For instance, we have um, many useful storage spaces uh, in the doors, in the center console, between the seats. Uh, but we also introduced a new, very, very useful uh, storage space above the glove box. On top of this, the trunk space has remained one of the biggest in the segment with 252 liters. But we also improved the convenience of um, of the trunk operation thanks to the two-stage luggage board, uh, and also thanks to the one-touch uh, rear seat folding.
0: So the two-stage luggage board is is what I normally term on on, on here that the uh, it's that you've got the boot and then you've got sort of basement bit underneath the boot but you can drop the floor the floor down so it's the same
2: floor that's in two positions so absolutely so when the floor is in the lower position you you can um, use the full uh, roominess of the trunk and when it's in the upper position you get a flat um, loading surface when the seats is folded down It holds my suitcase nicely.
0: There you go. That's as far as I've got with testing the boot space so far. (laughs) There's plenty plenty of room for that in a laptop.
2: Yes. The last thing we were going to talk about was safety. Right. So so with the all-new item, we also um, uh, improved the safety, and and we are coming with one of the most um, comprehensive safety packages in the A segment. So it uh, all basically starts from the multifunction camera, which is um, implemented behind the windscreen, up behind the, the inside mirror. This multifunction camera allows us to offer the so-called Hyundai Sense safety concept, including uh, mainly four features. First, um, the forward collision avoidance assist. So um, this one is outstanding because the, it doesn't only identify cars ahead but also pedestrian so there is pedestrian detection as well then we also have a lane keeping assist uh, driver attention warning to make sure that the driver doesn't uh, drive uh, tired and um, the high beam assist switching from uh, high beam to low beam automatically in case um, uh, traffic requires and
0: the driver attention one is via the steering wheel isn't it it's not a camera in the car
2: it's not a camera sh- uh, looking at the interior of the car. It's actually um, the um, multifunction camera looking at uh, how the, the, the car behaves. And if it notices that uh, th- there are indications that the driver is a bit drowsy or tired, then it will um, give an indication on the cluster. I, I noticed
0: uh, yesterday when I was driving that the, uh, as you scroll through the, the sort of info box in between the dials uh, on, the, on the dashboard, there is yes. actually, it gives you a... It gives you a scoring out of out of ten, I think, it is, as to how much attention you're paying. The trouble is that the longer you spend looking at the gauge for how much attention you're paying,
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's a graphic. um, It's a graphic representation, right? So normally at a glimpse you should. should I I I just spotted it as I was scrolling
0: through. I promise I wasn't driving along (laughs) staring at it. Yes. There was one other question I wanted to ask about a segment in general, because sure. of course, it was in the news recently that one that, that, that one manufacturer says they're considering pulling out of the segment. You're introducing a brand new car. Is it going to make money for Hyundai if 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 others are saying they can't make money in that that segment? How how come you guys are, are investing quite so heavily in it?
2: So, so, basically, at, at Hyundai, we are listening very carefully to the voice of, of our customers. Um, and we are studying also the, the markets we are presenting and trying to identify the needs. And what we found out, uh, in the A segment is Europe that, is that there is indeed actually quite, a, quite a lot of customers who are looking for, um, A segment car, which is, uh, good looking, versatile and affordable. And, uh, and here we come, basically, uh, with um, with the, the all-new I-10. So, the all-new I-10 is equipped um, with internal combustion engines, um, uh, 1.067 PS or uh, 1.284 PS. Um, and, and both are quite economical to run. I would like also to highlight uh, the 1.0 with the Eco-Pack, uh, uh, with 14-inch wheels and the adjusted re- gear ratio, which allows to have um, less than 100... CO2 in NEDC 2.0. So we have a a, a small car which is um, actually um, very convenient and has a very good total cost of ownership. We, of course, also offer our five year unlimited mileage warranty, so to offer our customers um, peace of mind, basically. And with all this comprehensive package, we were really thinking that um, there is a good opportunity for us still in the A segment, especially because maybe the, the, the offer is uh, is reducing overall. So we are here with a bold offer and, and a very, uh, a, a, a very comprehensive package for those customers who are looking for this kind of small cars. It's interesting talking about the, the customers there, and it
0: reminded me of, of something I, I was thinking about yesterday. What sort of demographic are you expecting to buy the, the new i10 in? I'll explain a little bit about why I'm asking, is that mm-hmm. the, the existing demographic for I-10 in the UK tends to be at the older end of the market, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where maybe the five-year warranty is a bit generous. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, so are you hoping that that demographic will be extended
2: down the way by the new offering? Because the cars are very different in, in look and feel. Uh, Absolutely. So so our existing customers, obviously, we we, we do not want to lose them. We want to offer them a new generation of car, which also perfectly matches their needs. And indeed, that's also why we put such a high emphasis on, on the convenience feature. So our customers are very varied, actually, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, demographics and, and they use our cars um, uh, at a relatively wide range. So, for instance, our our uh, all-new item keeps the offering of um, five real uh, seats, including full functionality, for instance, of um, the rear door, rear door windows, um, and this is very relevant for for those customers of ours. Who are looking for for a very convenient car. Thanks to the enhancements in design and and the um, dynamism um, offered by the all-new generation i we indeed also aim at conquesting um, uh, slightly younger customers as well. And um, something I can maybe already uh, disclose is that uh, in a couple of months we will also introduce all new item end Line uh, with uh, with um, an engine with uh, higher power and in a, with a very nice design update with uh, sporty red inserts and specific uh, uh, bumper. And this car is especially designed for um, a bit more lifestyle oriented customers. So yes, to reply to your question, we are aiming at enlarging our customer base with the all new generation item.
0: I've heard from people who've driven the N-Line that it is, it is a bit of a hoot, by the way. It's the same engines as, as the others that I'll talk about, but the N-Line is... It's an even nicer thing to drive. Let me phrase that correctly <laughs> and properly. And, yeah, no, yeah,
2: it's it's uh, more oriented towards uh, customers who really would like to have fun to drive. And thanks to the turbocharged uh, one-liter engine, it will, be, it will offer a dynamic and nice drive, I'm sure.
0: So I look forward to trying that when it comes out, because that's right up my street when it comes to cars.
2: Great. <laughs> Adrian, that, that's absolutely awesome. It's, it's.
0: don't want to sound bad, but the rain seems to have stopped, and it's, it's time to go out and drive cars again. <laughs> time to but, drive. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for giving up some of your, some of your morning to spend sure. some time with me. really appreciate it.
2: Sure, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Hopefully that helped. I understand some of Hyundai's thinking behind the new car, and a little bit about some of that that kit now it's worth saying that some of the things Adrian's talked about there don't necessarily come as standard and don't come as standard across the entire range but I'll talk about that in a little bit when I'm talking about tech and when I'm talking about some of the some of the interior finishes as well in the meantime in the finest motoring podcast tradition uh, let's start with the outside okay so the car itself this third generation is 20 mil wider 40 mil longer and 20 mil lower than the outgoing model Mm -hmm. a bit bigger not a huge amount bigger but what that means is that it moves from being a sort of tall skinny car yes to being a sort of slightly lower more planted looking car
1: it does look better lower it does, yeah. I have to say, I'm scrolling through the pictures that Alan's provided and took. There are two different cars there, by the way, in case you haven't noticed. Yes, even I can tell there are. Thank you. <laughs> what what really strikes me is that there is, that it it looks more planted mm-hmm. because I've I've hired quite a number of the last generation i tens. Yeah, and not overly a fan of that vehicle. Uh, again, remembering it's a higher car, and the spec yeah. that it was in was not the best of specs. But this this looks much, much more the part. This actually looks quite mature and grown up.
0: It's a grown up looking, you've just beaten me to exactly the words, uh, it's a grown up looking car. I think it's got a really good balance between cutesy bubble, a la Fiat 500, mm. and aggressive. Yep. So it does have a little bit of the Pokemon look at the front, but it's quite a cute Pokemon, but not one of the cuddliest of the lot. Yeah. There's some quite defined creases in it. As I said in the recording, one of my favorites are the ones on the roof, which give it a little bit of a sort of Zagato look to it <laughs> with the crease in the, in the roof panels. But again, the, the ones on the front bumper, there's a bit of tension down the side. And the one that they, they talked about quite a lot was the C Pillar. So it was where the the sort of graphic around the rear window sort of comes round onto the sides and meets the sort of upswept graphic at the back of the back doors mm-hmm. from the, the sort of daylight opening. And that means that the back of the roof actually floats. So visually floats in a design sort of way. Yes. Somebody will make fun of me for that, I'm sure, from the design community. But it means that there is no sort of Basically the same colour paint does not join up in the C pillar. Yeah. There's a sort of graphic in between. And the idea of that's that it gives tension and it makes it look more dynamic, uh, even when it's even when it's parked up. I think it looks a little bit like a Lancia ypsilon that bit.
1: Yes. But I mean that in a nice a, Yeah, way. there is a hint of that, definitely. Uh, I like I like the creases across the bonnet up, up the bonnet, sorry.
0: Yeah, they are, they're good, aren't they? Yeah. It's just a mature-looking little car. I also would say that I would save myself the five hundred pounds and not have the bitone roof. I I wouldn't bother with that. Yeah, I, I think a solid. Color. I don't
1: think that's necessary. I mean, but looking at looking at the the solid color roof as compared to mm. the the um, the different color roof, I, th- I think it's not necessary at all. I think it works really no. well that design.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a nice looking uh, it's a nice looking wee car let's shift on to the interior because there isn't an awful lot of exterior to talk about really (laughs) oh one of the things that is that goes throughout the car and that goes for exterior and interior really is that the only examples we could get our mitts on on the the launch were all the equivalent of the premium model okay okay so they were all top of the range they pretty much all had all the stuff Mm -hmm. all the gear on the premium model they've gone really to town with the whole hexagon theme
1: oh yes i'm seeing that
0: <laughs> on the outside the daylight running lights in the in the grill is a little group of seven hexagons kind of arranged into the form of a hexagon uh, the imprints inside the front and rear lamps and the fog lamps was so all little hexagons in the reflectors there's a, a sort of panel on that c pillar that i was talking about that certainly on the premium models had lots of hexagons on it after a while once you're aware of them and until it wears off you do get the feeling of being in uh something that's been sort of handcrafted from a beehive <laughs> really there are a lot of hexagons
1: well one of the photos you've put together a montage it makes it look like it's one of those capture things can you please point out all the hexagons in oh
0: this? yes click all the pictures with <laughs> hexagons in. there's every single one of them <laughs> There are a lot of hexagons going on. So that theme on these premium models carries on to the interior as well.
1: But I think that's where some of the interiors get really quite creative when it's like the A segment is because there isn't the margins in it to throw all the materials at it or something so they have to do something else in which to stand out Hmm. and make it a bit different and I I think it when you look at other pictures you've taken where it's further back I think it all works quite well
0: it does so it's interesting you say about the a A segment now I didn't see one that didn't have all the hexagons everywhere and I worry that bits like the the dashboard in front of the driver would actually start to look a bit plain and a bit cheap as it is it breaks it up really really nicely Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've gone and they've put it in lots of places. So it's not just on there, it's on the door cards in both the front and the rear. So it goes oh, right. through okay. so that the premium model has its own sort of upper part in the rear door cards. Mm. And lots of that kind of kind of thing. It is a, a very strong theme. I think there's lots of places you wouldn't notice, like around the bottom of the um, central binnacle, you know, where your knee knocks into it when you're bracing yourself. Um, uh, in the corners, uh, and I think that there's, and speaker grills and that kind of thing, you would notice it much less. Okay. But no, I don't know what it looks like, and I don't. You'd probably have to pop along to your local Hyundai garage to to see because they're more likely to have SE Connects in stock right at the minute. I think. Okay. Well, was there any in the boot? There were none in the boot. However, there were curry mushrooms in the boot. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, there were little mushrooms that you could hang your shopping on. A mushroom. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't really a hook. It was like a little mushroom that stuck outside. Okay. Did you try hang any hang anything off it No no i was didn't have it for a week. I wasn't at home. I couldn't play with all these things. so the boot, to be honest, is one of those bits that if you run a launch, you don't really notice because you kind of shove your bag in there, and that's it and I've got pictures of every other corner of this car apart from the boot. <laughs> it was fine so well it's always got your the thing is it's always got your suitcase in and if you're me it's got a suitcase and a laptop bag right Mm -hmm. and that's trouble with the launch because you you put it in and then you drive to the hotel and then you take it out put it in the next day put it back in and then you drive back from the hotel so there's always a suitcase in the boot yeah 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 so it's actually hard to have a good nosy at it um But it was fine size-wise. It really was. It was a bit smaller than my B-segment Yaris in there. And the floor drops and lifts, as you heard uh, Adrian mention in the the interview there. So, you know, you've got kind of either all the space or a bit less space up top. But if you fold the rear seats, then it's a flat surface right the way through. And you've got some storage space underneath to hold, you know, your shopping bags and all the kind of stuff that those of us with dual-height floors tend to do. Okay. The one thing in the about the boot, the one really obvious penny pinch was that when you lifted the boot lid, there weren't the little um, cord ties that then flip up the rear parcel shelf. Oh, okay. So whilst it was hinged, you had to sort of do it manually, and then of course you forgot to put it down. So two miles down the road, you look in the rearview mirror. Well, the next time you look in the rear view mirror and you see that you can't actually see out the back window of the car <laughs> because the rear parcel shelf is still vertical. I, not that that happened to me, of course, three or four times, but it, it does. And I'm sure that once you got used to it, you wouldn't do it. And if you're just putting stuff in, you just put it under the shelf yeah. rather than flipping up the shelf to put a case in and stuff. So it's probably one of those mojo issues which goes away with real life
1: yeah and in a car that size, how often do you need the parcel shelf to be lifted up
0: probably not very that's yeah, what I, yeah, yeah. exactly I agree, yeah okay rear seats it was kinda it was uh five seat belts and that's good. two oh I'm having a panic now, I'm sure it's five seat belts, yeah, it was you can, <laughs> you can cut the panic. <laughs> or not uh yeah so five seat belts which again not necessarily a given in a segment cars no enough space in the rear seats i mean as a grown adult with even with some stubby legs i wouldn't want to spend a whole load of time back there Mm -hmm. but fine for short journeys Uh, one of the other things that they made a point of highlighting was that it has rear windows that open Again, compared to you know Igo one hundred and seven C one, which I'm sure it was a direct dig act because their rear windows are just pop out Yeah, uh, on both sides, these were actually you know they they not only do they do they wind down, did
1: they wind back up again?
0: It's a Hyundai; no, it's not going to break. Then they actually go all the way down, so the glass ah, okay. goes all the way into the door. Right. Which is no small feat in a car this size. And they said that one of the reasons they could do it was because, of course, they stretched the the wheelbase mm. on this the, this car. Wheelbase a bit longer. The, all the wheels are a little bit close to the corners. More interior space. Obviously, more sort of flat surface of rear door. So there's actually room to engineer in that kind of thing. Okay, Quite cool. Front seats were fine. They were comfortable. They didn't have a huge amount of bolstering and side support, but it was a 1 liter or 1.2 liter a segment car mm. in normal person specs you wouldn't expect them to have a whole load of side bolstering so it wasn't the n version so it wasn't no no none of those are available yet as 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 you heard but they're coming later in the year well they were planned to come later in the year mm-hmm. the thing about the interior that really strikes you is that the dashboard is incredibly grown up
1: thankfully 'Cause that was a major failing of the last one.
0: Really? So the
1: the the, the previous dashboard is when you sat in it, you go, Okay, I recognise the switches, but this feels very un hyundai like
0: The first thing that you realise is that there's no sort of funky dial in dial and dial setup or or sort of cutesy little a bubbly spaceman and weird weird speedos and instrument binnacles all in one unit with a sort of uh with a little uh, sort of bonus pod housing the housing the the rev counter or anything it's an everyday dashboard it's a it's a it's a dashboard from one if not two segments above okay it goes high mm hmm in the in in the cabin it has two dials one for the speed one for the rev counter in between depending on the spec and the engine you have then you have either a, a full color uh, little display between the two dials or you have a black and white display between the two dials okay the sat Nav and entertainment screen. So the SE model gets a three and a half inch display, uh, which you can control the radio and stuff from. The SE Connect, premium and premium are the tech pack. Uh, then you get an eight inch display. So this is an A segment car with a fully full eight inch display in the dashboard that will do all the normal functions plus CarPlay, uh, Android Auto, uh, etc. 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 Uh if you pay a thousand pounds for the tech pack on top of the premium, then you get uh, not just the eight inch eight inch display, but it's got it comes with a full touchscreen navigation, all the smart device integration that uh, Adrian mentioned, all the live services, the Blue Link Telematics and all that kind of thing. Intelligent speed limit warning system and a wireless charging pad as well. This is an A-segment car, everyone. Mm-hmm. Premium model as well. Heated front seats. All right. Heated steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Heated
1: steering wheel as well. Cracky. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There is not a switch blank to be seen in this car <laughs> yeah, if you're in the premium one. They really had absolutely the whole lot. I don't know how Barrett would look on SE, Uh, obviously many of the switches in front of the gear stick uh, would be would be blanks but you know it's integrated it's it's grown up it it is not a cutesy little silly fun car from the interior and you think why are you doing that why is that such a contrast to everything else and the reason is is quite clear it's it's for people who are downsizing their cars okay don't want to lose the they don't want to lose the amenities. Yeah. 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 So that they've, you know, they've come from something that C segment maybe come from a golf or something like that, and they they're used to many of these things, and they go, "Hey, I can have the smaller car. It's cheaper, and I get a bit more spec, and I quite like the idea of a seat, heated steering wheel. I quite I like the idea of heated seats." So, it seems a bit weird, but actually, there is a logic behind it. So, despite my jokes about the um, about the the intended age group uh, in the interview, then you know there's yes, they're trying to expand it down the way by making it less of a retirement special from the outside and from the inside and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, there's the, there's the gear and the kit there to actually attract people into the car.
1: Okay, so what's it like to drive? Or they like to drive, sorry.
0: Um, well, well, when you, if you wanted to say pull the skin off a rice pudding, you wouldn't necessarily choose the Hyundai i10. Okay. Okay. This is not a quick car. The one liter manual has a naught to sixty time of fourteen point six seconds. So that sounds
1: like for perfect for people who've just passed a test. The
0: automated <laughs> manual, exactly. Seventeen point three seconds. Okay, the maybe the liter. automated manual version
1: is perfect for people who passed a manual test. Manual
0: one point two is the quickest at twelve point six seconds, not to sixty. It it's quite it's it's yeah. It ain't quick. I made a mistake with the route that was plumbed into my sat into the sat nav because I, uh, I tried.
1: <sighs> Did you try and be a bit too clever?
0: No, I wasn't trying to be too clever. Okay, we had. It wasn't like France; it was Portugal. Okay, <laughs> and I went for the. Oh, I went for the lane. <laughs> I went for the lane at the autostrada that had the equivalent of the telepayage, the little blipper thing. Because that's where I thought that the sat-nav was going to take me next. Now, this was human error. Hyundai sat-nav is really quite clear. It's one of the best on the market. And it's the same no matter whether you've got an i10 or you've got a Santa Fe. You're getting the same system. Um, Possible exceptions for the just facelifted cars or the just revised cars so i went for that and what i didn't realize is that just after the toll barrier it, it from the toll barrier it starts with it started with a great big um concrete barrier between one and the other so i ended up instead of going the country road i went through the fast pass barrier because i had a fast pass badge in my windscreen thinking well i could sort it out afterwards and then i was committed to climbing the very steep autostrada <laughs> One of these days, you're going to end up on an international launch and you're going to make all these mistakes yourself. Not for many, many months. Uh, <laughs> no, well, yeah, none of us for very many months. But, and then it really, it had a it had a bit of a hard time keeping to, you know, your 120, 130 kilometers an hour uh, uphill in the motorways. And it was sort of dropping and dropping and dropping.
1: What were you in when you did that?
0: The 1.2. The 1.2, okay. Yeah, 1.2. I didn't... Uh, get a chance to do uh, any autostrada stuff in the one litre because I just took that out quickly on the Saturday morning because it was needed back at the airport for the next bunch who were coming in. Okay, So I managed to grovel it for an hour or so, just long enough to not quite get stuck on the beach. (laughs) That said... If you were on smaller roads, if you were pressing on, we were down near Cascais and Sintra down in that sort of bottom left corner of, of Portugal. Uh, and there's lots and lots of small wiggly roads uh, around there, uh, particularly around Sintra. And, um, and it was great there. It was really good there and into the towns as well. It was nippy. It was enjoyable. And this goes for both the warm litre and the 1.2 litre engines they both kind of wanted to to go uh, and they were keen so i tend to find in real life that's more important in these kind of situations than you know to 60 time yeah yeah so zipping around there was was not a problem the, similarly most circumstances around town and and sort of bit of countryside uh, the five speed box wasn't a big deal it was only when you were on the motorway that you started to notice it. But it, the gears couldn't have been any longer. <laughs> and Well, they couldn't. No, 5th just could not have been any longer. And it's not as if there were any big gaps. It's not as if there's anything silly in there. But you really did have to think about conservation of momentum on the way through there. Oh, okay. That really did become uh, something that you had to give a lot of consideration to, especially uphill. Mm-hmm. Other than that, in I mean, I got lost in Sintra. That's how I discovered that quite so much. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that it has. Well, do you know what happened? Between. I've got an excuse for this one, too, everyone. The, between. <laughs> the sat nav was nice and up to date, but they changed the, the direction of the one way streets.
1: Oh, of course they did.
0: And it yeah, wasn't just yeah, that. It yeah. was also just after the rains and the floods. And so lots of roads were closed. Uh huh. Uh uh-huh. so, so it just it just couldn't do it oh, and eventually perfect i gave up storm of I wanted, issues alan yes it really was or, or I wanted, i'm not admitting no, was, to a
1: second mistake after going through the wrong there were loads barrier of mistakes before. i
0: make loads of mistakes on these things <laughs> i'm just admitting to them unlike the vast majority of people who do these things because <laughs> i tried to go up to the top of the fort and i tried to see the uh the moorish city and all that but i just just couldn't get there and i had to give up eventually and make so instead i went i took it to esteril circuit
1: and how was that lap i mean
0: i didn't take it <laughs> i didn't take it into the circuit i took it to the to to park beside the circuit because even the gift shop was shut sadly but yes i took it to esteril i did do a lap of esteril but it was on the public roads as close as i could get to the circuit not the actual circuit itself and i'm not sure that i would have beaten david coulthard's lap record
1: you just weren't trying hard enough.
0: But I got a picture of the car at the circuit. Oh, that's good. It was one of the nice things. on this was—it was a very small rotation uh, for the UK media uh, rotation, uh, which was particularly handy because it happened to uh, to overlap a weekend. Uh, but it was also—it um, was good because it was a case of here's a car, here's a local map, off you go. You know how to work the sat down Alan. Away you go. Oh, that's so good. It was great. So the one, so it was a case of just. Prat about and do what you want. Just sort of make sure you're at the airport, would you? Um, and so there was. There was far more of that uh, that kind of stuff rather than following the sort of fixed routes and things.
1: Very brave so, of the PRs to trust a motoring journalist to that extent.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think we get necessarily get counted as a f- fully fledged motoring journalist at times like that. <laughs> you
1: haven't. You haven't. You haven't made a mad request yet, then.
0: I take that as a compliment, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tech yeah uh, i've kind of explained a lot about this, really, having so much in a small car seems quite strange, but it's worth mentioning that one of the reasons for that jump in cost, especially at the bottom end of the range, is that even the one liter s e does come with quite a lot so it's got they all come with digital radios, everything has Bluetooth, air con, electric windows, leather steering wheels, gear levers. Uh, electric mirror adjustment, and cruise control. They also all come with lane-keeping assist, driver attention alert, high-beam assist, and forward collision warning system, as well as autonomous emergency braking, uh, which never leapt in, uh, even on wiggly, tiny roads with very bad Portuguese parking. Okay, good. Uh, What else? Where did I get? Uh, There's lane departure warning system and lane-keeping assist on absolutely every single one of them, as well as the now mandated equal mm-hmm. push the button summon help type setup yep that's it from the you know that and that's the basic spec that i've just read out there. okay okay so SE is already pretty well Pretty well-specced. I mean, you would, with a name like SE, you would expect that someone somewhere would have an S underneath. Just worth mentioning that the in the interview, Adrian mentioned the one liter with an eco-pack. Eco-pack at the minute isn't being uh, offered in the UK. Okay. Uh, so everything starts from just above. It's from 101 um, CO2s per kilometer. Okay. Okay, uh, sorry, I should have said that right at the start, but it's it's worth mentioning it now. When you move up from there, you get your rear view cameras, you get your bigger screens, uh, you get CarPlay, Android Auto. There's as much tech as you would expect, and and more, in across the whole range uh, for for an A segment. Tech pack? Did I mention what tech pack brings? No, it brings some tech.
1: Okay. It's good naming, and um, that's lucky.
0: It is. It is fantastic <laughs> naming. You would you would think it was a, a consideration. Yeah. So the tech pack brings you eight inch touchscreen navigation, smart device integration, the live se- the live services, telematics, uh, intelligent speed warning system, and the wireless charging pad as well. That's a thousand pounds for that. Only available on top of the premium model. Okay. Discuss. I don't know that I would need that. Even I. Don't really feel that I would need that, and I loves my toys. I mm-hmm. know wireless charging is always nice,
1: but if you've got it plugged in for Apple CarPlay anyway, or is this exactly, wi- or is this wireless Apple CarPlay?
0: No, it's uh... no, it has to be plugged in for CarPlay. Okay, so, still.
1: yeah, it's not not critical. That's for you, that's for your friends. See what it is is you, this is where we fall down. It's having people that we take in the car with us.
0: Why do you want them? Then know, they'll be in the car exactly, with you. So- and they'll <laughs> play with things and annoy thing. you and it would make
1: things dirty and adjust yeah, settings. and, and suck so. through their teeth
0: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't want that. Don't
1: okay, know. then. Verdict-wise.
0: Uh, Verdict-wise, it's a fair old difference compared to what I was expecting from an A-segment car these days.
1: It, from what you've told me, it doesn't sound, apart from the engines perhaps, it mm. doesn't sound very a segmenty. Yeah,
0: it felt more like my B-segment Yaris. Mm-hmm. A- apart from obviously the engines significant difference in my yaris and those engines <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah it really did feel like it moved on i mean the whole go big thing it, it did it did actually feel like that wasn't that wasn't ridiculous. Uh, I, I feel at the minute that unless you want a Fiat 500, your choices are to either go fund yourself with an iGo 107 uh, C1 uh, and see what deals are available on those, mm. or now to go for the, the i20. I, I guess it's the Picanto in, the Kia Picanto in i10. there as well, which are, I haven't driven. Not the i20. Yeah, Pardon me, or the i10. Yes, that's what I meant. New i20 coming later this year. Which one would I choose? it's a tough one probably probably i i would tend towards the i10 unless i really wanted the the cheapest uh, or i knew that i had a good toyota dealer on the other end okay i don't know that it's going to attract as many younger folk from away from the 107 c1 i go world Uh, But I can see that it would attract an awful lot of the sort of the slightly older people Mm -hmm. uh, uh, from sort of, you know, after your first couple of cars onwards. By older people, I don't necessarily mean making appointments at the cemetery type type (laughs) stage. Yes. There's, you know, so... It's it's going to appeal more to that end of the market, I think, and I think the younger folk are probably going to stay with what they know just at the minute. But let's see what remains available in the marketplace yeah, yeah. Uh, over the next little while. Yeah, good car, liked it. I really did like it. Well, I'm
1: glad you got a nice surprise because I mean that really, from the pictures, it does look a much more mature and a much a much more grown up vehicle.
0: And that's really the thing about it: it's mature and grown up, which is not a given in the A segment.
1: No. They usually, as you've as you've alluded to, trying to make silly, uh, not silly, but they are working very hard. I do
0: quite like those kind of
1: to attract units. Uh, the youth by doing something a bit yeah. funky.
0: There's one other interior thing I didn't mention, which is there is no exterior paint color visible in the cabin. Oh, okay, which is unusual in A segment, yeah, yeah, once again. Yeah. 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 Anyway that's uh, enough waffling otherwise i'll warble on about it all evening uh don't forget everyone that between now and next time you can give us any feedback share your thoughts with the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities uh don't forget to leave a review and rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing as always it really does matter Andrew, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? The
1: best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. Now, Alan, if people would like to know more about how to park on sand, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Uh, Well, the best way is via Twitter, I guess, where I can show off and share the pictures of my fantastic parking and also my small celebration at actually getting off the sand again. Anyway, on Twitter, I'm at AJPBradley. That's Uh, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.